When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Four minutes past nine. A very good Tuesday morning to you. Thanks for packing down with me. Uh, look, we need to get the bunker more involved in NRL games, don't we? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Wayne Bennett is right when it comes to this, and I'll tell you why shortly. Look, plenty to entertain, inform, engage with you over the next three hours, whether you're all on the air, online, or on your phone. The number is the same to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Doesn't matter where you're listening around the country or even around the world. Look, if you're having trouble contacting us, Twitter's the best place to go at SEN Queensland, SENQLD. Yeah, that's the place to find us. Uh, give us a shout out if you're listening to somewhere other than Australia. We can do it over the World Wide Webs. Um, the Big Whiz Quiz is back. Queensland's biggest sporting quiz. We'll be doing that after 11 today. We have prizes galore to give away. I'll be giving you clues throughout the morning as well. I'll give you the answers. I'm not going to tell you the question, but I'll give you some of the answers. We're going back to the last man standing format. That's right. The Whiz Quiz after 11 o'clock today. Look, coming up, Magic Round. One round, one ground. So much to unpack here, but I, I want to tap into the business side of it. H- how big is it for Brisbane? How big is it for Queensland from an economic point of view? How much is it worth to the city? And will we be fighting hard to keep it? When's the contract up? And would there be threats from other parts of Australia? The other question I want to ask Anthony Ryan, who's the decision maker when it comes to this from what events we get in this city is what's next yeah we've got magic round but what's next on his hit list we'll be doing that very very shortly uh but from you this morning magic round what team outside of your own are you looking forward to seeing the most in the flesh in person and why could it be the Sharks with Nico Hines, the Dalian medalist, and one of the all-round Mr. Nice Guys of footy? Could it be the Tigers just to see if they can back up what they did against Penrith? What team outside of your own are you looking forward to seeing this weekend in Magic Round? 13-13-55. Uh, and from a player's point of view too, I'll be talking to Cooper Cronk. What's it like logistically for a player to be at Suncorp starting with every other team or at least other teams in the sheds you're trying to get into. And, and, and do they pick up on the vibe around town as well? Uh, he was calling the Broncos South game Friday night. The biggest takeaway from me on that is the Broncos can't win without Payne Haas. The Broncos cannot win without Payne Haas. That was the biggest lesson that I learned from Friday night, the Broncos and South. Look, it's hard to get a read on the comp this year. Tipster's nightmare, know that. The Tigers beating Penrith, as I mentioned. The, the, the Titans redeeming themselves. They're the Jekyll and Hyde of the competition, aren't they? You just don't know which team you're going to get lining up. And then you've got the Cowboys. Actually, you'll probably get a read on them. Shocking.
Terrible. But the one thing I am certain of after the weekend is the Broncos cannot win without Payne Haas. Sure, they were missing Ezra Mam, who's key. He's a playmaker. He's part of their spine. But creating uh, creating opportunity wasn't Brisbane's issue on Friday night. Getting out of their own half was. The spine and the playmakers weren't able to create or weren't given the license to create because the Broncos just couldn't get out of their own half. Payne Haas is the man that does that. Tackle one and tackle four, sometimes tackle three. He was missing. 220-odd metres a game, missing. Brisbane, they, they, need to, they need to learn how to win without Payne Haas because guess what? He's going to be missing over the next month and a bit with Origin come the end of May, so June, July. They're going to miss him big time. They're going to be missing Carrigan as well. How do they turn it around? How do they win without Payne Haas? Or is he just one player? And they should be better than that. 13, 13, 55, 04, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, the Lions take on Michael Voss this weekend, or Michael Voss's Carlton Friday night. Brisbane are missing 509 games worth of experience. In fact, they're two most experienced players in Dane Zorko and Daniel Rich. Uh, Mitch Robinson, after 10, we'll get his thoughts on that. And actually, Robbo was lucky enough to call this on Saturday. Oh! Contention for goal of the year. I reckon give him the car right now. Or was Charlie Cameron's the week before against the Giants? Was that better? Some may say that was a fluke whereas Will Ashcroft was actually having a crack here and just pulling off a miracle. But whose was better, Charlie's or Will's? 13, 13, 55, Flying the Queensland flag too. We're going to be touching base with someone who's just taken down the Kiwis and the Poms. <laughs> Could be the Australian of the Year after doing that. But first... And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Yeah, nine minutes past nine this Tuesday morning. Wayne Bennett, a, a, a sore loser or a superior manipulator? I love this from the super coach. In the week that he is celebrating 900 games at the NRL or New South Wales Rugby League level, he's coached many more than that. He surpassed 1,000. But 900 games, a figure that we will never, ever see again. Are we talking about Wayne Bennett's 900? No. Are we talking about his team? His team who will never, ever give up, but they start, what, 20 minutes after their opposition, don't they? They've got a fair bit of work to do, the Dolphins. They're there or thereabouts, and, geez, they hang in. They'll never let go, but they've got to get started. But are we talking about that? No, we're not. Why? Well, we're talking about the bunker because Wayne Bennett says we should. That's right. Yesterday, the super coach has come out saying he is angry he is annoyed at the fact that the referees got it wrong in his Golden Point Thriller or the Dolphins' Golden Point Thriller when it came to the Raiders match uh, on the weekend. It, it was a, another ripping match, another Dolphins-esque match, wasn't it? Coming down to Golden Point and against the Raiders as well. They did that at Redcliffe. Another nail-biter there. But Graham Annesley said they got it 
wrong. There was a knock-on that was missed. It should have been picked up. The referee got it wrong. And Wayne Bennett said, well, where's the bunker? That's right. Where's the bunker? And you know what? As much as he's manipulated us all not to be talking about him or his team this week, he's actually got a point when it comes to the technology. And I've said this from day one, and not just in rugby league, in any sport. If the technology is there, if you're sitting at home, if there's hundreds of thousands of eyeballs sitting at home going, well, that's what happened. We can see it and the replays show it then surely that's got to be used in the game to make sure there are no howlers, to make sure they get it right. That's why the bunker should be able to intervene at a moment's notice and call down to the ref and say, hey, Barry, hang on, you just, is there a Barry refereeing? I don't think there is. But in this case, there is. Barry, Barry Crocker, it was on the weekend. Um, you've got it wrong. Or just woo up here. We've just looked at something. We need to go back to make sure we get it right because that's what it's about, isn't it? Getting it right. I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but you have to get it right. If it's seen in replays, if the bunker can pick it up, if you at home can pick it up, then surely the referee or the game has a responsibility to let the officiator in charge know about it. Now, the counter-argument to this, and it almost came to blows with the boss before walking into the studio because he was fired up on this. He said, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You know, you get some calls to go for you, you get some against you. Yeah, and I'd like to live in that unicorn lollipop and rainbow world as well, but just ask Matt Hayden about howlers and getting it right and umpires and their decisions. His career ended on the back of howlers. DRS was only in its infancy. It wasn't in every game. We could see it at home. You could see it at home, the replays. But the amount of LBW decisions and out of form, yes, Matt Hayden got, but, geez, it just piled the pressure on. So bringing it back now to 2023, the technology's there. The bunker needs to be used more, right? Doesn't it? Or is it just Wayne Bennett throwing the toys out of the cot because his team didn't get a win? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 13 and a half past nine, off and running for a Tuesday morning. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 18 minutes past nine. Magic round. What is it worth to the city? We're going to get into that in just a moment. But Josh Hazelwood is back on the park. He's had a four-month layoff, Big Hoss, and this is all in an endeavour to get him right for, firstly, the ICC Test Championship uh, and then the Ashes Series after that. He made his comeback in the IPL overnight, and you'd have to say a successful return in that. He took two for 15 in RCB's win over Lucknow Super Giants, um, which is brilliant because, again, a four-month layoff. His first spell came in the second over, and he was only taken for one run off that. And then he came back into the power play, ended up with two for 15, which was a fantastic effort. So we know he's only played a handful of tests in the last couple of years. Uh, 2019. He was amazing in the last Ashes tour. He took 20 wickets at just over uh, or just under 22 as an average uh, for a bowler during that last Ashes tour in 2019. But since then, in the last four years, Josh Hazelwood has only played 11 tests, 11 out of 28. 
Still a threat, but we need him back. We need him back firing. This is the first step, so we'll keep an eye on that when it comes to uh, the IPL heading into England and heading into the Ashes. Of course, you can catch every ball here of the Test Championship starting June 11 at the Oval against India and then rocking into the Ashes. Cannot wait for that here on SENQ. All right, my next guest is in charge of making the big decisions when it comes to events of this city. That's a very loose use of the term, but he is right there at the coalface when it comes to big events in Brisbane. He is the head of the Brisbane Economic Development Agency. He's the CEO, and it's great to have him back on the show, Anthony Ryan. Anthony, very good morning to you. Magic round. Is it a magic week for Brisbane? Oh, Benny, I am starting to get absolutely pumped for the weekend. I, I cannot wait. I'm also now I'm going to be extremely exhausted by uh, Sunday night. <laughs> How big an event is this for the city? And, and is it one of our biggest, if, 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 like, where does it rate as far as money coming in and, and events that we hold here? Look, it is one of many great events that now coming into Brisbane. And because we've had the 2032 announcement, we're also getting literally smashed on a weekly basis from global interest, wanting to bring events here, etc. But from an NRL magic round, it brings, well, at the moment, we're around about 130,000. It's going to get more. You know, there's, a, there's always going to be a late ticket surge. Mm. That brings in $30 million into the economy. Um, it's an extraordinary boost to hotels, the pubs. Um, you know, all the, this is this is one of those wonderful weeks to be in Brisbane and to experience the energy and the momentum of our city. It's great. I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm excited. <laughs> do, do you have numbers, Anthony, on on how many interstate visitors uh, and maybe even internationals? And we've got to remember the Kiwis are involved here as well. Do we do we know how how many come across the border, both internationally and and in interstate, to to see what we have to offer here in this city? Yeah, well, at the moment, we believe it's going to be a minimum of 30,000, but that's growing quickly. Mm. Um, so out of the 100, 130,000 plus, and I think we're going to get close to almost sellouts uh, in, in every day, um, you know, you've got New Zealand playing Penrith on May the 6th, and that's, you know, that's a tantalising sort of match-up because the Warriors are in really good form. Uh, so we are going to get to see a lot of... Uh, of our you know, beautiful friends from the Great White Cloud coming across the ocean to see see us, and uh, and a lot of interstate um, you know, interest as well. Plus all interregion, you know, the the Cowboys supporters start coming down. Anyone on the, on the um, out of those league fans, they just mm. love it. Twenty nineteen was when Magic Round uh, first uh, jumped into our our lounge rooms, into our psyche. Uh, we know it's been interrupted by COVID, but is there is there data there to show how much this has grown since it since inception and and uh, and how absolutely yeah how it's tracking to continue to grow. So if if you look at from from twenty nineteen numbers right now. Uh, and everyone talks about you know, you know pre-COVID, post-COVID. Brisbane was booming in 2019, and all the work that so many people in this city had, had done to amplify uh, our value and, and to attract new visitors, we're now up another 10.9% from our best figures in 2019. Wow. Now, so last year, we had 7.1 million holiday nights just in this city alone, and it's an extraordinary time. Um, I've just come back from China, I can tell you even the interest of the uh, you know the Chinese tourist market to coming back into Brisbane. I've been into Singapore. I've been across the states. At this stage, the way that they're talking about Southeast Queensland in particular 
is really exciting. They, the international market sees us as innovative, very tech-friendly. Um, more importantly, they see us this humble, sort of hungry um, environment. And the focus in particular internationally over the next 20 years will be very much on Brisbane. Well, I know around the Ballymore precinct and, and stretching all the way down through Victoria Park, linking up with um, the, the Brisbane Live uh, venue when it's there, and then, then the Gabba, they're, they're referring Absolutely. to that as the Silicon Valley of sport over the next 10 years. <laughs> how, how, big a, how big a role does sport play in getting visitors here to this city? Magic Round just being one of them. Well, Magic Round. If you look at you know, if you look at what we got the PGA coming out later in the year, we've got the FIFA Women's World Cup. All of those, all of those activities. First of all, they're great events. So people want to go to the grandstands. They want to see fantastic athletes, you know, showing off their skills. But what happens? And there's a direct relationship. Well, once they come into a city, they experience the excitement of a major event they come back because they also start looking at the Brisbane River and the way that we've activated that. You know, our wonderful precincts like Howard Smith Wharfs, our James Streets, you know, uh, as an example. We've got Queen's Wharf coming online later on this year. All of those areas are actually keep defining a city and providing so much diversity of experience that I think, um, as, as someone said to me yesterday, I was, just, I was at a conference down the Gold Coast, the Australian Tourism Exchange, and we had a lot of our um, you know, uh, international buyers who descend on the Gold Coast to start talking about where they want to start seeing their guests on holidays. And they said, well, we always, always thought Brisbane was the place that you'd land and you'd go travel to the Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast or perhaps up to Cairns. And they're saying, we totally look at Brisbane as this extraordinary holiday product from now on. And we, 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 you can't experience in one day, you can't experience in two. In fact, we're actually telling people you've got to be in Brisbane for three nights because that's you know, the best way to experience it. Well, Magic Rounds over three days, outstanding stuff. I am speaking to Anthony Ryan, who's the, <laughs> who's the CEO of the Brisbane Economic Development Agency. I know it's a long title, but basically they're, they're responsible for targeting the big events, bringing them here to southeast Queensland, and sport plays such a huge role in that. Anthony, when you, when you started your role a couple of years ago, did you, did you ever think you'd be competing with Adelaide to be the sporting mecca no. of this? Yeah, but they've no. really picked up, well, haven't I, they? I, well, they haven't picked up, but I, I don't think we're competing with Adelaide. I actually start thinking we're now pick, uh, competing with Melbourne, and I think that's the way we're starting to view the runway that um, is ahead of us. As I said, you know, once you have an Olympic um, sort of city um, recognition globally, all of those sports in particular, your swimming, your track and field, your cycling, your rowing, start looking at this as an area that... They want to get their athletes familiar with. They mm. want to get their structures familiar with. So you'll start finding a lot of those sports will be attracted to this part of the world, and that will just drive the economy, but it will also drive wonderful opportunities for our young kids our, you know, um, to actually get excited and energised by having the best athletes in, in our summer because they're leaving their winter, coming here to train and to acclimatise, to understand where they can hang out, which restaurants they should be going to, you know, where the best hotels are, all of those things. It's just this catalyst to future growth. Anthony, before I let you go, um, what is next on your hit list and why is it Live Golf? 
Um, Live Golf <laughs> is, well, we love PGA to start with. Yeah. And, uh, but they can coexist, can't they? They can coexist, and we would never say no to anybody. If we, if there is interest and we are going out there, our teams are always constantly going out there, there's so much opportunity to, um, to, you know, to look, take our blinkers off and look and imagine what could be on the, the Brisbane doorstep. You know, Brisbane Light, you know, that live looks great, doesn't it? Um, there was fantastic feedback from Adelaide. But, you know, that 17th hole at the PGA is also pretty hot as well yeah, um, at uh, Royal Queensland. And I think that you'll see that continue to grow over the next couple of years as well. And uh, we're excited by even looking at the player list that soon will start being released who uh, who are committed to um, the PGA. But, but I'm going to put it back to you, Benny. Who are you keen to see on the set on Friday, Saturday and Sunday? Uh, what, footy teams? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. game? Which game we're going to sit next to each other and, and cheer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I love watching the Dolphins play, but I, I want to see the Sharks up close and personal to see if they're the, the real deal and what makes them the team that they are, because they have been oh, mate, floating yeah. under the radar, a bit like sharks under the oh. surface, haven't they? Absolutely, weren't they? weren't they fantastic on the weekend? And that game at five thirty on Saturday, the Sharks versus the Dolphins, is absolutely. I think that could be the game of the game of the um, yeah. uh, of the whole round because the crowd will be there screaming for the Dolphins. Uh, Cronulla Shark actually have a, quite a lot of supporters here, and they're all playing. They're both you know both teams in form. And geez, it's hard uh, to hate so, Nico Hines too, isn't it? I mean, he's such a man. He is. Yeah. Well, he's in he's in my NRL fantasy team. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> well, mate, you, you're gonna... he scored me 194 points over the last game, so I'm very happy. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, you're going to have to hold my beer for that game. I'll be reading the news around about that time. So uh, we might, <laughs> okay, I might well, be able to catch it for the Storm and Rabbitohs. Uh, uh, Anthony, great to talk to you again. And, and keep, keep. I know you do. I mean, you, you're at the forefront of pumping up Brisbane. I, I love this city, Brisbane born and bred, and I will do anything to promote it as well. And I'm glad there's a, an agency like Beta, the Brisbane Economic Development Agency, is doing just that to put money back into the economy as well. So keep flying that uh, flag. Ben, thank you. Yeah. Man, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving us the time to to talk to your viewers. Um, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about our role and uh, I'm just excited about this weekend, but excited about our future. Brilliant stuff. Anthony Ryan, the CEO of BETA, the Brisbane Economic Development Agency. It's someone who is working in the background to bring the best events to you, but also to showcase us on the world stage. You, you don't hear of them often, uh, but that's the whole idea, that they're just working in the background to make that happen. But $30 million injected into the economy just this weekend alone from Magic Round and, and an increase of 10% each year. So any business, you'd just be cashing in, banking, loving, having a 10% increase in growth each year, wouldn't you? But out of that, oh, that's the economic side of it. That's the stuff that is showcasing tourism and restaurants and making the city thrive and, and just energising the place, creating jobs, creating all that stuff aside. When it comes to Magic Round this weekend, as Anthony so kindly put it back on me, who else besides your team are you looking to see up close and personal, see in the flesh, a team that you normally wouldn't see if they didn't come to town and play yours. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Cooper Cronk, not too far away. I'll be asking him about Magic Round as well, but plenty of other things to discuss. State of origin. Can the Broncos win without uh, Payne Huss? And, and just what it's like from a player's point of view when it comes to Magic Round. <laughs>
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Oh, thank you. For, sorry, thank you for your company this Tuesday morning. A, a text has popped up in the last 10 seconds and I had to read it twice and even then I couldn't stop laughing. Aaron from Cooma, whatever he's on, I'll save some for me. <clears throat> the texter said, Benny, hear me out, which probably is not the best start, and I should have realised what's coming. Benny, hear me out. I'm picturing a statue of Wayne Bennett at Redcliffe and paid for by Terry Reader. Just as you enter the Leagues Club with Wayne standing up and riding two dolphins like a SeaWorld trainer. Oh, dear. I, I mean, I've wanted to get creative when – thinking of something you give someone for their 900th. There's got to be a commemoration or a celebration. There's got to be a gift, doesn't there, to Wayne Bennett for everything he's given the game. <laughs> that He's been at Redcliffe for two seconds. You can't put it at Redcliffe. Suncorp State. Even Wayne Bennett has said Suncorp Stadium is his home. His home. 131355-0467-736-736. All right, time to hear from a man who's played 22. St- Actually, no, before we do that, Cooper, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I need to give you some clues for the quiz. At 11 o'clock today, the whiz quiz is back. Your chance for dinner at the Sporting Globe or drinks at the Sporting Globe on us. If you're having dinner, we'll buy the drinks. If you're having drinks, we'll buy dinner. Um, one of the answers, one of the answers is tennis. Write that down, tennis. I'm not going to tell you to which question, but one of the answers is tennis. How this works, last man standing, that's right. At the 10th question, if that is you, you are our winner. But one of the answers is tennis. All right, let's get back to a man who has played 22 games of State of Origin. He has featured in nine grand finals. He's won four of them, two Dally M's, a Clive Churchill medal, a golden boot. He's a magician on the field, now a magician offered in the commentary box for Fox Sports. So he's a perfect man to talk to about magic round. Super Cooper Cronk, well, what is it like from a player's point of view, magic round? Hello. It's magic, it's chaotic, it's epic, it's everything. It's really enjoyable. I think um, the game has done a tremendous job in um, highlighting this sort of weekend as a festival of football. And um, Suncorp is rocking from Friday afternoon all the way through to Sunday night. Um, I think inside, outside Suncorp, it's the place to be if you're, you're a rugby league fan. And the players do live and breathe it because while... Um, it's the epicenter of footy. Yeah. Um, all the fans come and watch it. The players are in the same hotels. They bump into each other. They're watching every game. They cross over in the change rooms. Um, even all the media people are there for for, for one weekend to, to cover the game. So um, I'd be, I, I love it that much that I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be another magic round in the calendar, sort of maybe between end of origin and the and before finals at some stage in the coming years because uh, they just it just brings everyone together that is a rugby league fan and fanatic and yeah. it's a party for, for, for a weekend basically. You're not going to dilute it though, are you? Does it lose its magic if there's more than one magic round? 
Uh, they can call it the epic weekend in round 22 <laughs> or something like that somewhere else. So I don't think it'll lose its magic in Brisbane. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Kirby, you were, you were calling the game for Fox Sports on Friday night uh, alongside Vossi Broncos and Souths. Um, firstly, let's keep that magic round feeling going and the flavour. There's been a lot of chat about the field. You've played on Suncorp uh, a, 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 a huge amount of times. What, what, is, what do you make of the field, the choppiness, and can it last eight games over the weekend? There is so much excitement around Magic Weekend with all the teams and all the games and you know so much football. I think the most nervous set of people and the people <laughs> under the most amount of pressure is the ground staff. Yeah. Because, uh, I think it'll be right Friday night, but um, how is it going to hold up on Sunday? And I, I really hope it's um, in mint condition. I hope it does hold up. And I'm crossing every finger and toe and hair follicle that um, it is together on Sunday. There's no sort of injuries or anything like that because then that will overshadow most of yeah. people that get played at some stage. But um, yeah, I think it, it will be okay. I think the fact that um, they have round-the-clock treatment after every game, they go and fix it the night time in terms of Friday before the next game on Saturday. They'll get on um, all hands on deck and, and, and make sure it's in elite um, condition. But it just it's a little bit worrying considering that you know, the Dolphins and the Broncos have played there multiple times over the last sort of month and at different stages, different parts of that field has been ripped up. But uh, fingers crossed, Benny, that it's all good. I am speaking to Super Cooper, Cooper Cronk. Uh, we know his exploits on the field, but now he is a Fox Sports expert and he'll be part of Magic Round this weekend, calling all the action for Fox. You were calling Friday night, as I said, against Broncos Souths. What was your biggest outside of the field? What was the, the biggest takeaway, Cooper? Because I, I've been saying all morning... The big thing for me I saw out of that game was the Broncos cannot win without paying Haas. I know he's only one bloke, but, geez, they, they had trouble getting out of their own half, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think uh, it's twofold. I think South Sydney have improved mm -hmm. and will be a huge threat this um, season come finals. I think they've um, put in together a whole game, whereas last year at different stages they have flashes of brilliance, but if you can get them in the trenches, they sort of fell apart, but... They defended their line starkly against Brisbane, um, and then they repelled that, and they scored points, and they dominated. For the Brisbane Broncos, um, the the jury's out. I, I don't agree about the Payne House thing. I think um, <laughs> while he gives so much momentum, he's a, a huge asset for the Broncos. Yeah. The thing about the Broncos for me is if they get their game on, Payne House there or not, they are hard to stop. They're fast, they're physical, they're quick, highly skilled, but... What happens if the opposition like South Sydney stop their first option, stop Payne Haas, they stop Patrick Carrigan? How do the Broncos score points off the back foot? That's the thing I want to see from the Broncos over the next couple of weeks is while they, if they get the ball on the front foot, they're at almost impossible stop. How do they play off the back foot and slow play the balls? That, that's the key to Brisbane. And we'll only find that out. Um, sort of over the next coming months. So. Yeah, yeah, we will through Origin, won't we? Because he's yep, a walk-up exactly. start for the Blues. And, and, and that that's my yep. fear uh, from a Broncos point of view, that they may not have that. Because we should have seen that on Friday night. Hey, mate, what about the other Southeast Queensland teams? Um, Dolph, Dolphins and Sharks. It's the Battle of the Fish, the Battle of Morton Bay, yeah. Battle of the Ocean. <laughs> Fins up for both of them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I just love what Wayne Bennett's done at the Dolphins. Um, they recruited a certain type of person, a type of character, and we always thought this at the start of the season. They were going to do the basics really well, and that's going to win them a lot of games. You know, completion rate, defend well, 
team camaraderie, all that kind of stuff that Wayne Burt's to be known for. But the thing that surprised me, they've scored points off the back of that. Hamasode Tavio Fido has been super electric and very important to what they've done. Um, and But the Sharks, well, they were the best performing team in the summer. Then they hit a bit of a flat spot, and what they've done the last couple of weeks has been yeah, it's been pretty impressive. So I think Craig Fitzgibbon has a very good team. Uh, I think he does the defensive side, which is hard-nosed and uncompromising. And then with the attack, well, they're free-flowing, and they can zing the ball across the field with the likes of um, Moylan, Hines, and Kennedy better than most. So they've got a really good balance between attack and defense. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they've really rocketed up. Um, in terms of the ability to win the competition, uh, Sharks. If you got tickets to Saturday, what a bargain you have got because I reckon that could be one of the matches of the rounds. Uh, the, the Sharks and their form, a team that never gives up in the Dolphins. And then following that, you've got the Storm and the Bunnies as well, all on Saturday night. Cooper, I, I, I'm asking the question this morning on a couple of fronts with Wayne Bennett. One, what do you get a bloke for his 900th? That, that that as a gift. <laughs> How do you do that? And then while you're mulling over that one, technology, the bunker, should it be used more in footy? Uh, I'll answer the first one. The bunker. Well, I'm a. I'd rather get the right um, answer, and if yes. technology provides that, then I'm all for it. Uh, here, here, the brother. The answer is how can, how can we become more efficient and time wasting or effective? I think that's the key. Mm. So. I, I, I want the right answer. So I think the bunker plays and technology plays a part in all that. Um, in terms of what do you get someone for the 900th game, well, you could probably get a signed jersey from the 900 clubs that he's coached, maybe, and match that all up as one. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I, I can't give Wayne Bennett, from a pure football perspective, enough credit, admiration, and I just tip my cap to the man because... He's given rugby league a hell of a lot over those 900 games. Um, he's a pure rugby league fan at heart, and um, he's done tremendously well at you know, basically all the clubs and levels that he's coached at. And the biggest rap I can give is that Wayne Bennett and his style um, doesn't necessarily could cross over to any other sport because he coaches camaraderie he coaches you know the team he coaches about not letting down the person next to you defensively and that could come across in afl or rugby union or, or whatever he's a an absolute star for a 70 odd year old man he has co- coached multiple generations and he's got the best out of all those men and uh boys at different stages so um i think the game should tip, tip the cap to wayne mm. bennett what he's about to do this weekend game 900 is, is uh crazy um it's such a huge achievement. Mate, well said. Outstanding stuff. Before time beats us, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Titans and Eels. It's going to be the last game of, of Magic Round. We would have seen a, a hell of a lot by that time that rolls around, but we're seeing a hell of a lot from the Titans, as in they're the biggest yep. Jekyll and Hyde team going around, I think. We don't know what you're going to get each week. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, let's hope the ground's all good for that game because that's <laughs> yeah. the last one. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Titans did the last two weeks before the the, the Manly game. You know, I think a lot of you know analysts and fans and, and Titans supporters were like, oh, what are we going to get this week? But what they delivered in the second half was improvement. Um, and I think Dave Beater is putting together a very consistent uh, season this year. I think he'll be back in a maroon jersey. So um, I think so. While well, there's a few things to improve on naturally for the Titans, yeah. um, I think uh, a couple of their forwards, Mo Fodawake, has been great. I think, uh, and David Feeder is a shining light. So 
let's hope that uh, Fafita has another cracking game for uh, the Titans on Sunday afternoon. Well, there's a spot there, isn't there? No Nanai. Dave Fafita slots straight in yeah. there for you, Maroon-wise? Uh, yeah, nat- naturally. I think, um, you know, uh, maybe off the bench or anything like that. I don't have any say in selections, but I think Dave Fafita is, will be back in the Maroon jersey. Yeah, give Billy a call, Coops. Come on, you talk. I know you do. Rival networks now, but surely, surely. <laughs> he doesn't pick up my phone because we're rival networks now. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That's harsh, mate. Thank you for picking up the phone for us this morning, and we will catch you uh, this weekend on Fox Sports as ever. Fox Sports every game of Magic Round live and free in HD, and Cooper Cronk right there at the front. Good talking to you again, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Benny. Appreciate your time. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Four minutes past 10. Mitch Robinson standing by to talk some AFL The Lions. So I reckon they've got a bit of a problem on their hand. Not a bit of a. I hate saying a bit of a, and I've just done it anyway. The Lions have an issue on their hands. They've got 500 games worth of experience missing and they're two key players in Dane Zorko and Daniel Rich. They don't grab the headlines, but I reckon they'll be, there'll be a huge hole that they will be leaving for them against Carlton this weekend. Mitch Robinson, not too far away. Uh, let's get stuck into these texts, which have been piling up throughout the morning. Uh, thank you. Um, Mike says, Ben, how ridiculous to even contemplate a real change in Golden Point. What about the last five minutes of regular time? Get rid of Golden Point altogether. There's not a single reason to keep it. To say it adds excitement. Nothing happens in the last 10 minutes of normal play. Fans want a result. Tell that to Manly and the Knights fans. Just dump it. Mike, it's off the back of Wayne Bennett's comments, which to me is the gift that keeps on giving. Wayne Bennett, game 900 for him in the coaching ranks and his team. Well, they just can't start a game, can they? They'll never give up. They'll fight to the death, but they're just not getting the starts they need. So there should be a focus on not only Wayne Bennett this week, but also his team. But there's not because the master coach has thrown out the big red herring yesterday about him being angry that the bunker doesn't get involved more when it comes to at least Golden Point. His team, according to Wayne, was cost a win by a knock-on that was missed in the match against the Raiders in Golden Point. He thinks in Golden Point, the bunker should be able to go back and have a look and tell the on-ground referee there has been an issue. And I'm with him. Cooper Cronk is with him. The technology exists, so why don't we use it? We've got to get things right. It's not about perfection because that can't happen, but it's just about getting things right, isn't it? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Um, Peach has said, Benny, Ricky Stewart, he'll certainly feel like an 80-year-old by the end of his, ten- his tenure. You know, I mentioned that no one will be getting up to that 900 games ever in realms of Wayne Bennett because, well, they just haven't started early enough and, th- and they just won't have the longevity, will they? Coaches. We'll get into Ricky Stewart in just a moment. But the, the, the coaching prowess that Wayne Bennett has given us over the last – five decades and beyond from when he was coaching Souths here in Brisbane before he went to Canberra and started that NRL or New South Wales rugby league Jersey back to the Bronco a journey back to the Broncos. What do you give a man to celebrate a career like that? 900, the, the NRL will 
be giving him something. Andrew Abdo has spoken about that. He, he doesn't know what to get him either. The suggestions of a statue at Suncorp Stadium. Can you imagine Wayne Bennett posing for that? Although as someone here is equipped on the text line, again, no name to this, but it's a, it's a good one. In fact, probably one of the best texts we've had. Saying Wayne Bennett doesn't need a statue around town. There's already a million plus of him. They're called telephone poles on every street. <clears throat> I thought I could keep a straight face when reading that. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. All right, let's get into Ricky Stewart and that transfer window over the weekend uh, and the issues surrounding that when it comes to Jack Whiten. Um, fans hate the current NRL contract system, right? Yeah? Nah, rubbish. I don't think you give a rat's about it. Prove me wrong. The fact the players can sign with the rival club almost 16 months from when they pull on a jersey, in my opinion, is ridiculous. The clubs hate it. The league hates it. And we're told that you hate it. But do you? Really? 13-13-55. Where are the protests? Where's the jersey burnings, the, the player vitriol, the voting with your feet and not going to games if you are so opposed to the current NRL contract system. Where are you ringing into radio stations, demanding changes, leaving comments on news articles? They're not there. They're not there. Not, not, not social media, not attacking Jack White or any other player decides to leave. That doesn't count because you can be faceless, you can be anonymous, you can be a coward and drop, article, or drop comments on social media. So I'm not, I'm not including those. I'm talking about backing up what you think by phoning in or writing, texting, whatever it could be. See, I don't think you care that there are systems in place where players up to 16 months before they pull on an opposition jersey can announce that they have signed with a rival club. Because if you did care, you'd be shouting from the rooftops that this is ruining the game and it has to stop. But you're not. I'll tell you who is, though, clubs and the league. This is an emotional Ricky Stewart explaining the week that was, the month that was, around Jack Whiten and his decision on which multi-million dollar contract he should take. Jack wants a bit of a change. He's been here a long time. He wants a bit of a change. And I get that. And... He's the least of my worries in regards to turning up every week to play a game of football for the rest of the season. But he shouldn't be put in that situation in regards to the, the way the system is at the moment. It's hard on those players who have um, to make these decisions in their futures. Hard, hard for our fans. Hard for hard for players who um, then um, <clears throat> um, put into a position where you've got to make those calls and you've got these boys who are playing with Jack. Um... um which I never, ever um, had any problems with in regards to knowing that Jack's on board with us, but all the innuendo, the criticism Jack's got, it just, it's rot. We need to make it a better system so we can have, uh, make it easier for teams, the, their, their teammates, the clubs, and for the players making decisions. There we go. That was Ricky Stewart. And part of that, as you would have heard, is it's hard on fans. Yeah, it's hard on teammates. It's hard on players. It's hard on the clubs. But that's clubs and that's within the game. Playing the game is hard. Training is hard. The hits are hard. But this is hard on fans. That's what Ricky Stewart said. Is that right? Is it hard on you that a player like 
Tom Flagler, Herbie Farnworth, have signed before this season to go to Redcliffe next season. See, I think the silence is actually deafening on this. I know the clubs hate it. And you know what? If the clubs hate it, the league hates it too because they're beholden to the clubs and they want to make a difference and an issue about this. This is NRL boss Andrew Abdo, the day after Ricky's media conference on Channel 9's Sunday footy show. Is the transfer window post-season, is the biggest hurdle around that the players not wanting to leave it that late to move their families to a, to a new city and schools and, and whatnot? Yeah, clearly, and, and I understand that. If, as a player, um, you have a limited playing career and you want to try and maximise the certainty that you can get. Um, uh, so wanting to be as unconstrained as possible. So, yes, uh, th- that is the, the major issue, Billy. But we've looked at, constructively with the RPA looking at tenure so that more senior players have a longer period of time to negotiate and to contract and perhaps more junior players having a later window. The way our game structurally is at the moment. Well, there we go. That's Andrew Abdo Sunday about this. So they're looking at it and we know they're looking at it because it's a major stumbling block in the CBA negotiations. It's why they haven't been, or it hasn't been signed off yet. But again, the fans hate it. Do you? How much? 13, 13, 55. Pro- prove the theory or, or debunk it. Either way, your silence already has, in my opinion, debunked that theory. And look, my, my, my great mate Crash Craddock from the Courier-Mail wrote a really interesting couple of lines in yesterday's paper. And it went along the lines of the transfer window. And he said that senior rugby league officials have long felt the game must own the publicity cycle from Monday to Thursday. So in between games. And the Whiten contract affair was the perfect illustration of how it does own the conversation and owns the media cycle. The sport attracts huge television dollars because it needs off-field bushfires, which just keep on burning and burning. So it is front and centre of every radio show, of every TV show, of every newspaper. Crash goes on to say that rugby would love to get the publicity league does. But they're more civilised and it has next to none of the spicy contract dramas that allow league to dominate the back pages. Having a transfer window at the end of the season sounds great in theory, but it takes a lot of drama out of the game. Drama that the game thrives on. Crash Craddock in yesterday's career, does he have a point, Crash? He's a smart man. He sees the clicks on stories on the News Limited websites, the Courier-Mail, the Daily Telegraph, about players moving clubs week in and week out. The clicks that you provide, fans provide, clicks mean that you're keen on reading these stories, of fueling that fire. But what I don't see is the complaints and the comments on these stories and howling down the system, yet everyone's telling the media that the fans hate it. Are we getting sold a dummy here? Are we getting sold some propaganda from the league that the fans hate it? That's why we want a transfer window. So the players are saying, no, they don't want a transfer window. They want to keep it exactly the same. But do you, the fan, want it to change? Is it high up on your agenda priority when it comes to rugby league? Is that something you would fix? 13, 13, 55. Do you want a transfer system or are you happy to keep it the same? Are you happy with Herbie and Tom Flegler from the Broncos signing with the Dolphins 16 months out from when they're pulling on the jersey for them? 
Actually, now when did Herbie and Tom sign? Probably the week leading up to round one. So 12 months out. Imagine going to your boss. Actually, this is a bit what like Mel Meninga and I were talking last week. Imagine going to your boss or your better half and saying, oh, I am all in. I am all in for this year. But guess what? Next year, I'm going to be working for the opposition. Or I'm going to be running off with the next door neighbour. I mean, it just doesn't compute in any sane world, does it? Except the rugby league world. I'm keen to know. 13 13 0467 As a fan, is a transfer window at the top of your priority? Do you hate the current system, as we're all led to believe? Well, couldn't you give a rat? Quarter past ten. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 20 past 10. Thanks for your company this Tuesday morning. Yeah, the silence is deafening. I, I think we've proved the point here this morning that fans don't give a rat's about there not being a transfer window, about players being able to sign mid-season or even 16 months out with opposition clubs. Because if you were so strong on it, you'd be protesting, you'd be burning jerseys, you'd be howling, you'd be ringing talkback radio stations, you'd be... But but it's not happening. Yet we're led to believe by the clubs and the league that it's exactly what the fans think. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. standing by. A couple of texts before we get to Mitch Robinson. Uh, this one's from Michael. He said, Morning, Ben. Quick comment about Ricky Stewart and his press conference. For me, it was his behaviour and the Raiders that caused all the trouble. I think he's talking about Jack Whiten here. Is that right? We all know that the reporter who was implying something dodgy with the South's contract and the Raiders had some internal issues with Jack. And he is mates with Stuart. So we all know that there was such a loud carry-on over the contract. That was the reason why. For him to act so upset at the press conference, what a joke. You reap what you sow. Michael. Has Michael got a point? 13, 13, 55. Daniel says, look, just think about moving different states. Kids at school, wife's or partner's career change, older family situation, selling and buying a house. Is 16 months a lot to organize in this time. Yeah, it is. And and I've always thought that, Daniel, that that is why, and that's the argument we've always been presented, that players do need to uproot when it comes to moving clubs. Or do they? In, in Brisbane, yeah. And players to come to Brisbane, southeast Queensland, be it the Dolphins, be it the Broncos, be it the Titans, maybe even the Cowboys. But when you've got the bulk of clubs in the greater Sydney area, you can change clubs and not even have to move a dress. It's just a longer commute. So moving the kids' school and your partner getting a, a, a different job, yeah, in some cases. But also, isn't that the sacrifice that you and the family have to make if you want to play at this level, be the elite, and it's just one of the sacrifices, because there are many, to play at this level? And also, isn't that why you get well remunerated to perhaps smooth out any of those other issues? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. I think it's a crock. I think it's, I don't think you do give a rat's ass about the current contract situations right now. Prove me wrong.
Go Lions, hashtag 2023 Grand Finals. Yes, <laughs> sitting there patiently and tapping and singing along <laughs> to the song was the man who was calling the Lions and Frio game Saturday afternoon for SEN, and he oh. was able to call this piece of magic. Oh, oh, the boundary. Ashcroft. Oh, Will Ashcroft from nothing. <laughs> what oh. in heavens is that? Free play. Everything you want tonight. Talk us through it, Mitch Robertson, our local expert. As you see, Ashcroft on the fly. It's a boundary hit from Oscar. He's as Hamilton. Oh, oh my. He's kicked it with his right foot. That is goal of the week, goal of the day, and contention for goal of the year. Contention for goal of the year, Robbo. I think they ought to give Will Ashcroft the car right now. Oh, mate, how good does that sound? Somebody signed me up for more games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon you had to stop yourself and hold your tongue from saying a few other words there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you... I had a few I had a few explicits in the in the old vocabulary that I had to... That's where my maturity comes into play because you don't understand what I actually wanted to say. It would have been... Oh, I think Holy we... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we all but got it. That was, that was a moment. Well, speaking about maturity, that was a serious moment. Yeah, eighteen years of age, and the kid pulls that out. It's it's remarkable. Or, or or is what Charlie did the week before against the Giants? Is that a better goal? No. What are you talking about? No way. <laughs> I don't care what you think. That is the goal of the year, and I don't think you'll see something like that again. The only th- the only goal that can compare to that is Daniel Wells. Karate kick out of the air out of a ruck contest. That's probably the only one that can be like similar to that incident. That was, yeah, you never see that again unless he does it again somehow. But <laughs> the degree of difficulty from the pocket, the angle you had was. It was amazing! <laughs> it was amazing. Indeed, something that isn't amazing is the Lions' injury uh, toll, and I say that because they are yeah. missing two of your old-timers, your old teammates in Dane Zorko and Daniel Rich. There's 500 games' worth of experience not there for the next, or well, the best part of three weeks. Call me up. I'm ready to go if you need another old bloke. No, it's, uh, it's not great. I was, I, was, I was hanging out with Zorko yesterday talking to him, and he said... You know, it's not not as bad as they first thought. Um, it's going to be, you know, two or so weeks, but it's not the same hammy that he injured in the preseason, which was tendon uh, related. So, it's not it's not bad. It's just an old man hammy injury, and uh, he'll he'll come back firing, and and he'll be ready to go in a couple of weeks when they need him. Look, he doesn't grab the headlines, neither does Daniel Ridge, but they are so important for the team. They're, they're, they're pinpoint passing, the way they can just get things transitioning from back half or even to the midfield going into forward. Oh, I think they're going to, I think they're going to miss them bigger and, and more than we expect. Oh, 100%. They're the two players you can't um, replace for likeness, but... The best thing about the Brisbane Lions at the moment, their depth is through the roof. They've got, um, I think they've undefeated in the VFL at the moment, so they've got players who can step up, and there's obviously players that are ready to put their hands up and, and come straight into the senior team. So I've got no no worries about um, replacing them in terms of um, ex- maybe experience. They don't have that in the in the VFL. They've got Jared Lyons, who's waiting um, patiently in there. You've got Reese Matheson, who's played a, a lot of games, and... In the back line, you got you can put Noah Answorth back there, and you got Cal Archie. Oh, the list goes on. So the undefeated VFL team, the big Papa Fags wouldn't be too worried um, right now. If it was a longer injury, then yeah, he'd be a little bit wiggy. But I think those boys would just have a couple of weeks out. It's not too bad for the for the old legs to have a rest anyway, and then come back and start winning some games and get ready for the point in the season.
All right, well, then let's step through that. And Noah Ensworth and Cal Archie were the two that I had penciled in to, to come in and replace Rich and Zork. Oh, well, I, well I, I just thought, I mean, Zorks can cover at the back, push forward and into the front. So that, that's Cal Archie to, to a T. That, that's the role that he plays. He's a swing man, right? And Noah Answorth was on the bench as the emergency yep. sub anyway. So that, that they, to me, were the two headliners. But that's just my mere mortal uh, opinion. Does does someone like Matthew or JL come into the conversation and into consideration? Because you'd have to move a few other pieces then, wouldn't you? Because they're not really like-for-like like players. No, you, you pretty much nailed it there with your immortal uh, opinions. Um, I think no, that, no, me immortal, not immortal. That's the no, complete no, no, opposite. I think you're immortal. <laughs> I think you're immortal. No, I think, that, I think you've nailed it, though. Like, those two players are... Noah Answorth has been playing midfield in the VFL because I think that the back line's pretty stacked at the moment and he can't really squeeze himself in there and he's not a genuine wingman. He played that position last year in the finals, took my spot, the bugger. But um, I think that Cal Archie has just been hanging around. You've got Jackson Pryor can come in as well. Um, he's playing all right in the VFL. But, mm. yeah, it's really tough for um, Matthew and those guys who are putting up some serious numbers in the VFL um, and, and the undefeated team at the moment. There's... There's a plethora of options um, that's in the reserves and I'm sure there's no real headaches for the coaches to be able to say, yeah, this guy's ready to go. Um, I, I think they I think they've got, you know, play, players that they can cover them easily. Not easily because I'm not saying they're not good players, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, they've got depth, and that's the one thing to crack into this team. Yeah. And we've also seen it's it's something that Chris Fagan isn't. Um, uh, well, he's not shy at tinkering with changing a winning lineup. He did that last week. He he made one change at the back. He brought in Ryan Lester uh, just to just to tweak it. Just to and, and you know what? Even Lockie Neal said the the next day that. I guess it puts us all on notice that it doesn't matter how well we're travelling as a team, we might have won three straight, what's now four straight, that if you're playing well enough in the twos, that you will and can get elevated to the first. So it just keeps uh, us on our toes. I'm going to keep you on your toes, Robbo, because Vanessa's standing by with a news hit, but we're back to talk about the, well, let's call it the Michael Voss Cup when it comes to the Lions v Carlton. Uh it's 10 to 32. Thanks for your company this Tuesday morning. About to tick by that. We are doing it this morning. Thanks to Maccas, proud supporters of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Uh, Mitch Robinson is standing by. Uh, actually, we can hear him in the background. Uh, Mitch, just on this, Adam from Morningside, maybe maybe one of your fans down there at the Panthers has texted through to saying, the best player to go from Carlton to the Lions would have to be Fev, wouldn't it, Robbo? <laughs> Come on, mate. If you're a Panther supporter, you've got, you got to jump on my bandwagon. I'm the only player in history. Sorry, I'm eating ice. I'm the only player in history to play 100 games for both clubs, let alone 50 games for both clubs. So, servant-wise, it should be called the Mitch Robinson Cup, and we both know that. <laughs> so, yeah, but who's who's keeping count, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's me, right. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, me. I asked Sir Swamp last night on Twitter, and he uh, confirmed my, my ideology. So, yeah, it, I might be able to give out a medal on Friday night if I get the offer. All right, so not the Michael Voss Cup, but it's the Mitch Robinson Cup. The Lions take on Vossies Carlton at Marvel on uh, Friday night. Uh, this is going to be a, a big test. It's going to be a big month of May for the Lions, starting starting with Carlton. Yeah, it's obviously a massive game for both teams this weekend. Um, Brisbane sitting fourth, and the Blues are sitting uh, sixth at the moment. So 
Well, uh, that has had a massive win over West Coast over there. Unfortunately, they have a depleted lineup and um, not a very experienced team they played against. But Charlie Kerno with nine Schnagger Roonies. Their midfield's really starting to fire now. They're starting to get a lot of possessions between them. I think they're outpossessing every team by about 100 disposals at the moment, which is, is pretty ludicrous. They're playing like a little bit like the Western Bulldogs of old. So I think it's a big game. Obviously, we've got two massive outs in Richie and Zorko. But um, this is going to be the game that... Everyone's like, oh, Lions can't travel, they can't do this, they can't win games away from the Gabba. Well, this is a big opportunity for the Lions to go down to Marvel, go to Melbourne in the freezing cold, and put on a show. So I'm actually going to tip the baggers in, after saying all that, but... <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> oh, no, no, I built it up for nothing, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tip the baggers. I think they're, they, they've got that uh, bit of hunger in their belly now, they know the winning formula, they believe that, and... Nothing against the Lions. I just think that uh, the Baggers are going to win this one. Okay, well, hang on, Robert. Just dispel this myth then that the, the Lions can't play on the road. I mean, I know they've got. The, oh, they can. I've got their, I think you're road warriors, to tell you the truth. The fact if you if you're winning more games away than you're losing, which the Lions have done, uh, th- yep. I mean that that's in the elite class in world sport. If you're winning more on the road than you than you lose. Well, who do you think is building this narrative? You you tell me right now who's building that narrative. Anyone south of the Murray. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So the Lions have obviously got a really great record away from home. I think they're um, 42% win rate, which is, I think, and don't quote me because I'm not a statistician. I think that's the best or one of the top three in the competition. So that little myth is is irrelevant, but you know what? It sells papers, sells headlines, clickbait formula. So just run with it. But the, they don't think about it too much when you're in the four walls there. And I've experienced that. And we focus on early days of building a fortress of the Gabba. We want to win games there. We do that pretty much every week now. Um, so when we travel, it's usually against good teams, um, big Melbourne teams, and and that's the thing that they've got to jump over. They beat um, North Melbourne in Adelaide. They've beaten whoever else they've played this year that I can't remember, but they seem to be winning uh, games away from home. Well, yeah, North Melbourne in the in the hills, the Adelaide Hills, in the, G, in G, the, GWS, the hills. yeah, GWS down in Canberra as well. Canberra, so, yeah. So it's and what four and four and four, four and straight two at now. the moment. Yeah, yeah, things are things are pumping five along. Um, now tell me, five and two exactly, four straight is what it was. Um, yeah. David King, our colleague at SEN down in Melbourne, has pointed out that Big Oscar has got to stop this thumping out of the pack and just smashing it to of no one down the field, but it is to someone down the field, isn't it, Rob? I, I, I like these tactics from, from Big Oscar. Maybe not in his defensive 50, but I, I don't mind what he's trying to do here. I don't think he does in a defensive 50. If, if he has, it would have been a game plan going in to clear the ball from the contest, but Big O's got the license to do um, what he feels and what the midfielders around him are calling. He doesn't just do it willy-nilly. It's um, He's a very um, big thinker of the game. He knows his role. And I don't want to go speaking on what their tactics are, but in the past, the only time that he would spike the ball, if it was a, a boundary hit that he wants to get a player running onto, or if it's a centre bounce and it's landing on top of his head, he would just spike the ball forward and, and the players in the forward line will know that that's going to happen and then they come up the line and meet the ball at once. So, Kingy, mate, I don't know if you know the lines very well, but um, it's usually in their tactics and Big O is one of those guys who, who will adhere to um, team structures. So it's not just oh, let's just do a big spike because if it's irrelevant and it's not going to help the team, what's the point of doing it? But I don't know the numbers, and it's probably in that article that I saw, I think it was for Fox Footy. Um, the percentage-wise, if we win that ball or we're clearing the contest, it's an advantage for us. So 
um, yeah, Big O is one of those guys that will do what he has to do. Um, and if it's working for us, then keep doing it, my guy. He's yeah. uh, very unapologetic. I like the chaos of it. I, I mean, you're expected when you when you look around a midfield pack and a, and a stoppage, when you've got Neil, McCluggage, Ashcroft, Dunkley there, you're Dunkley. going, well, it's going to go to one of these four or maybe more, right? Well, wrong. Yep. Smash it downfield. Oh, expect the unexpected. There we go. That, that's 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 what I love about it as well. Um, oh, Charlie Charlie Cameron. Oh, um, Lincoln McCarthy. McCarthy. You're on your yeah. toes and you're expecting yeah. it. Oh, wow. They got the ball in the NFL. Cam Rayner. Yeah, exactly. Expect the unexpected. Woo! <laughs> Uh, Mitch Robinson, my guest, is here every Tuesday. Um, this coffee's kicking in. I'm sorry. I was about to say. I'm, I'm glad it was the. I'm glad it was the coffee. Now, um, mate, you, you just mentioned about West Coast severely depleted. That they were missing a, an extraordinary amount of talent and amount of games on the weekend when they played Carlton. It was a thousand, thousand plus or more than 1,500, wasn't it? It was, it, was, it was huge. And I've just mentioned at the beginning of this hour about transfer windows when it comes to the NRL and, and what they should be looking at, whether the fans want it or not is something else, but I think there should be a transfer window at the end of the season. But AFL, you think there should be a mid-season or you, you, you want to put the idea about a mid-season loan or trade period for teams that are struggling with injuries? Yeah, I've just me and Zorko had a chat yesterday on the new podcast that we've got going on called the Zork and Robbo Show. Big plug there, what's going on? It's on YouTube right now. Hang on, hang on, um, hang on, hang on. Hang on. What, sorry, what, sorry, what, sorry, what sorry, happened sorry. to the Davo and Robbo Show? Yeah, well, that's on SEM because I've th- I've thrown that idea in there. And you you needed listeners, and I came to the party with a great idea, and it got shut down. So that's on you. No, <laughs> it's just no one's ever called me Davo, but except you. So okay. Davo and Robbo. Yeah. No, nah, what 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 I had in mind was. Obviously, West Coast, they've got 1,752 player experience of games on their injury list right now. And that's number one in the comp by Country Mile. And it just got me thinking that even when Collingwood, they had their, they're had they playing well still. They're still winning a lot of games, but they've got no Ruckman at the moment. So we had a, we had a chat about the pros and cons of um, loaning players. So if you have, say we use Darcy Ford in the VFL right now for the Brisbane Lions. He's second string Ruckman, and he's probably going to play a handful of games this year. And if, if Collingwood came to the party and I, I put up there for future round picks or a learning system for a couple of games to give them a chop out, um, would that suffice of giving, giving the player some more experience at that level, at AFL level? Would it not? But then obviously the chats came up with, well, why would you want to make another team better? And that's where we kind of fell down in the, in the loan system. But I know the NRL does something similar. And then today I put out a little tweet suggesting that why not have a, a, a draft pool that's, uh, that we use kind of for the AFL health and safety protocols for COVID in, in 2020 and last year when West Coast had a lot of COVID um, positive tests. Uh, why mm. can't you just go back to the players who have nominated for the draft and didn't get picked up or who have nominated for the mid-season draft that are currently in, in state-level leagues? Why not be able to choose a few players from there if you're injury list is off the radar as West Coast is right now. I think there's obviously going to be a lot of rules behind it and and how long and with travel expenses and and all that kind of stuff. But in saying that, every player that's nominated wants to play AFL and they'll give up and move heaven and earth to try and get on a list. And I think it's great for players in state leagues to be able to have that opportunity to still play AFL in some level. And, you know, it's great motivation for them. Mid-season loans when it comes to injuries at your club. Would you like to see it? 13-13-55. Robo, just on that, I'm looking at an NRL example. Last year, Jesse Arthurs from the Broncos was loaned to the uh, Warriors and he got game time over there in first grade. Now, he's come back this year bigger, better and more improved. He was always coming back to Brisbane 
and he's just had more first grade experience under his belt. So wouldn't that be the argument of, yeah, I know you might be making another team better for that week or the months that they're loaned out for, whatever time period it might be, but surely they return to you bigger, better, harder and stronger. Yeah, 100%. And the, the probably only other thing is the clubs will be potentially losing some of the IP, their structures, their, their calls, their hits. But AFL is a lot different to NRL in that regards because they have a playmaker who usually sets the field up, etc. But I think that it's a, it's a great idea because if it's players, especially younger players who have come into the system that can't crack a senior team in a top four or top eight team, i.e. Brisbane Lions, why not give them a couple games over at a, a team that's not performing in the bottom eight and and see how they go because that fast tracks their development as a player and although it might be only for a couple of weeks here at a time but I just think it's a great initiative and, and it's something that fans and stuff need to grow up a little bit in my honest because they're always set in their old ways and I think that new ideas scare them a little bit but in saying that it's, it's just great for the players to be able to have opportunities to to play the AFL level experience it taste it learn from it and then come back to the orig- original club that they're at and I think it would work well and it actually actually gives the media and, and fans something to talk about, um, and I'm all for it. Plenty to talk about in the world of AFL, Robbo. We will scream through these. Uh, the Suns, they you saw them the week before, and now they have taken down the Tigers. Um, ben King, he, he was a shining light, but so was uh, Nick Holman as well, and Noah and uh, Noah Anderson, um, thirty plus disposals. Did you like what you were seeing from the Suns? Definitely. I think they're starting to find a little bit of their mojo and what they stand for. I don't know what they've talked about in their four walls, but when you lose a few games, and especially the one against Fremantle, they've come out and won two in a row, and that, that could be real three in a row, to be honest. So they've beaten Richmond, who, although they've got a lot of injury concerns themselves, they've, they've still got a great team on the park, and, and to be able to knock them off down at Marvel in Melbourne is a great scout for them, and they've got probably, <laughs> probably the biggest challenge of their year this weekend when they're playing against Melbourne Demons at yeah. um, Heritage Bank Stadium. So that's going to really test them and see where they're at because I had them thereabouts for the eight this year and and obviously they got off to a shaky start, but you know, they're starting to find a bit of their mojo and then sink and, and obviously Ben King, as I said at the start of the year, him getting back, playing footy, coming back from his ACL, getting some game time under his belt. You know, he's kicked five and four, so he, he's playing to his standards and he's starting to find his... He's calling again, which is great. But as you said, there's a lot of other players who are stepping up now in absence of uh, Took Miller. If they can knock off the Ds this Saturday on the coast. Oh, uh, grand final then. Put them in the grand final. Well, maybe not that far. But we can (laughs) can perhaps start talking about those genuine top eight contenders. Hey, two of the big hit points uh, during the last uh, seven days since we last spoke. Obviously, yesterday, Andrew Dillon has been appointed as Gil McLaughlin's successor. Um, Very quickly, from a player's point of view, is it something that's spoken about? Is it something that has an impact at a playing level? Not at all. Absolutely zero impact on what it has in for AFL players. I, I didn't ever know who he was, to be honest, till I watched the I watched the press conference um, yesterday, and and he spoke amazingly, and he has all the best intentions for the AFL and the brand, and and making it an inclusive sport and making it the best sport in Australia. So he pretty much nailed it in his in his press conference, and it's exciting to see someone new get a shot at it. I loved Andrew Dimitro, I loved Gil McLaughlin. I thought they spoke really well, and they're all about the game and. And I think it's a nice little handover. And letting, letting uh, or making um, McLaughlin stay on until the end of the year just to finish out the season, I think it's a really smart idea. And it takes a little bit of pressure off um, Andrew Dillon. So, no, it doesn't, make, it doesn't have an impact at all on the players itself. But you just got to see a new face of the sport. Robbo, your mate Albo 
has announced the $240 million funding development for the Harvest. Righto. Tasmanian team. Um, Will you have Fags as your coaching director when you become the first head coach of the Tasmanian team? (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I did some assistant coaching for Panthers a couple of weeks ago and I absolutely hated it. So you will not see me anywhere near wearing a coach's hat on. But no, he's a very passionate Tasmanian. Um, He's a Hall of Famer down there and and him, having him involved in the club would be a no-brainer, as well as um, David Noble, who we, they, you know they changed the, the the culture and the the way Brisbane Lions are perceived up in the AFL competition. So I'd be going after those two guys immediately. Um, I'd get Mitch Robinson as development coach and vibes trainer. So making sure that the guys are passionate about wearing the jumper and and making sure they train at 100% every single session. But honestly, for a Tasmanian, it's the most um, proud moment I've had in, in I guess my AFL career like looking from an outside in now that I'm up in Brisbane to be able for, for kids and for athletes in Tasmania to be able to play potentially for an AFL team in Tassie is every kid's dream and hopefully we get a license and we can go forward but in saying that there's going to be a 20th license somewhere so everyone where would that be where would you think it'd be would it be NT would it be another team in WA SA can't have one in Victoria because they've got bloody eight teams already. So Too many. You yeah. do the mass, we'll figure it out. All right, NT for me. Um, Robbo, we will see you next week. Appreciate that. We have just had our big fix of AFL, 13 13 55, 0467 736 736. There's a lot to cover there, a lot to unpack with Mitchell Robinson. Um, what we are going to do is take a quick break, and then after that I'm going to give you the next clue for our squiz quiz, which we're kicking off at 11. We've already given you one answer. That's right. Tennis is one of the answers. I'll give you the next one straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, very good morning to you. Four minutes past 11. Call us standing by for our sports quiz. Quiz, whiz. Um, the news coming out of the Dolphins, and we'll be going around the grounds this hour to not only Redcliffe, to Red Hill, uh, and to the Lions, who've all been training this morning to get a take on who's fit, who's running, and what position, because it is Teams Tuesday in the NRL. But it looks like that rugby union convert. Valence Tavare will make his Dolphins debut in the Magic Round Clash with the Sharks. Um, He was applauded at training, so reports are going, and uh, we're waiting to hear what the teams will be. That'll come out later this afternoon, but maybe it'll get confirmed in the next hour or so from Redcliffe. He is a remarkable story. Hadn't played rugby union after being until signed by the Dolphins, and he has spent uh, the year learning his craft in the Q Cup. We'll get into his story uh, as the morning winds on. But now it is time for this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, <laughs> Benny Davis. <laughs> cheap indeed. All right, this is always a fun part of Tuesday. Appointment listening, if you don't mind. Callers are standing by, but if they get a question wrong, they're out. The next man or next person steps up and it's the last person standing can answer question number 10 correctly that gets the prize. So... If you don't get through right now, well, there's still a chance to win this. 
But let me see. Let's go out to Chambers Flat where we find John this fine Tuesday morning. A bit chilly, but still fine. G'day, John. Morning, Benny. How are you, mate? Mate, I am pumped. We've got the questions here ready to rock. I've given out three clues or at least three answers to questions this morning. I hope you've been taking note of them. I'm not going to tell you which questions they pertain to, but I've given you three answers already. All right. Are you confident? Do Do you know your Queensland sport? I, well, yeah, I like to think that I do, but um, starting at the first person up is going to be hard to get through ten. But I'll see how I go. No, oh, it's not. Well, not impossible. We've had we've had people fly through and get up to I think six straight is our record at the moment. But let's see how we go. All right, question number one. We'll ease into this one. How many consecutive State of Origin series did Queensland win during the dynasty? Their incredible run that started in two thousand and six. That would be eight. That would be eight. There we go. See, off and running. Nice one. Nice one. Question number two. Which Brisbane Lions star made the decision to step aside as captain before this AFL season? Uh, Dane Zorko. See, John, flying. Flying. But we are having other callers come in, so you can hear the footsteps. Number three. We're going we're to just delve back into history a little bit here. Who coached the Brisbane Roar? when they won back-to-back titles in 2011-2012? And Postacoglu. John, flying here. Okay, here we go. We're going to keep the footy theme going. Where will the Broncos play their home games this season when Suncorp Stadium is being used for the FIFA Women's World Cup? The Gavitois. <laughs> See, I've, I've, I've had... I've had complaints that the questions are sometimes too hard, but now I reckon they might be a little too easy. Or, John, is it just your um, stellar sporting knowledge? Oh, a little bit of both. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> nice one. All right. Let's turn our attention to golf for question number five. Which Australian golfing superstar is the captain of the Rippers GC team for Live Golf? Sam Smith. Cam Smith, indeed. All right, question number six. Here we go. Which Queenslander, female Queenslander, won the US Open tennis title, Grand Slam, in 2011? Sam Stozer. Sam Stozer, nice one. John, you're on a roll here. Six down, four to go. Which, Which sport do you associate the name Jason Kubler? Tennis. Oh, <laughs> see, I've got Sammy. He's going. This is so easy, but that's been a stumbling <laughs> block for some in the past. All right, what's the name of the young Queenslander who started fullback for the West Tigers in their first win against Penrith on the weekend? Jareen Buller. <laughs> we have the record, John. Uh, There are other callers coming in. They do not have faith in you to go all the way here. Question number nine, two to go. The penultimate question. John at Chambers Flats, ready for the clean sweep if you can get this one. I'll give it my best shot. In 2011, the Gold Coast Suns in their inaugural season had a marquee signing. Who was it? Carmichael Hunt. 
John, hey, I know why. I know, what, I know, I know why I you just, went I there. Just... I know why you went there. He was a big name, but he wasn't a marquee signing from AFL because yeah. he hadn't played before. But oh, John, <laughs> you, you know who it is. Well, don't give it away because we've got we've got to go to Dan, who's been patiently waiting on. Oh, I feel heartbroken for John. He went so far. Question nine, eight straight. Bit like the Queenslanders in origin. Uh, Dan, morning to you. Do you know who the Gold Coast Suns marquee signing was in 2011, their first? Yeah, that'd be Gary Ablett Jr. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, John would be kicking himself, kicking himself. Dan, you, you, you swooped in late. You've swooped in late. Question number 10 to take out. The voucher to the Sporting Globe, your home of live NRL and AFL every day of the week, or when the NRL and AFL is on. This is dinner on us or drinks on us. You buy dinner, we'll buy the drinks or the other way around. Sporting Globe, here we go. Question 10. Who won the inaugural Paul Green medal in the game between the Sharks and Cowboys on Friday night? That was Nico, mate. Nico Hines. Dan, congratulations, champion. You are off to the Sporting Globe. It's at Rabina or Logan. They are the home, as I said, of live AFL and NRL. All games live and loud every weekend. Well done, Dan. The patience. Were you worried hearing John just plough through them all? Mate, I thought he was going to get it for sure, especially when I heard the Gary Ablett question. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I, I, and see, it's the psych out, isn't it? You think, oh, there's got to be a curly one in here somewhere. There's got to be one that I, I haven't really thought about. Maybe he was thinking too hard. Dan, congratulations. You're off to the Sporting Globe. There we go. Our whiz quiz winner for this week. Ah, are we getting right with the questions? Were they too easy? Were they too hard? The Goldilocks, we're trying to get there. Excellent stuff. Dan, thank you. John, thank you. And who is standing by? Grant out at Aspley too. Um, next week, we will be doing it again, this time again on Tuesday. Uh, 13, 13, 55. We're going to reset the lines now. Uh, on your mind, whatever it may be this morning, what we have been talking about, and maybe something else too. I know that's when we normally... Reserve that for 11 a.m. mayhem tomorrow. Uh, but one thing, if you are just joining us for the first time today, I caught up with Super Cooper, Cooper Cronk from Fox Sports, but a man who's been there and done it all before in the world of rugby league. In fact, is there anything he hasn't done? Let me think. 22 origins, yeah, part of the dynasty. Uh, nine grand finals, won four of them. Uh, golden boot winner, so the best player in the world. He's won Dally M's twice. Uh, Churchill medalist, yeah. He even scored a try at Magic Round. He goes, all right, Cooper, I don't think there's anything he hasn't done in the game. That's why he was the perfect man to talk to about Magic Round and about all things into the game. But I asked him about Wayne Bennett and uh, on the verge of his 900th game in charge, uh, but also the fact that Wayne Bennett's around another red herring there. Not talking about his team, not talking about Wayne Bennett and his 900 games, but speaking about the technology and the bunker and there should be more of it, but Cooper Cronk had plenty to say about Wayne Bennett. I can't give Wayne Bennett, from a pure football perspective, enough credit, admiration and I just tip my cap to the man because he's given rugby league a hell of a lot over those 900 games. Um, He's a pure rugby league fan at heart and um, he's done tremendously well at you know, basically all the clubs and levels that he's coached at. And the biggest rap I can give is that Wayne Bennett and his style um, doesn't necessarily could cross over to 
any other sport because he coaches camaraderie, he coaches you know, the team, he coaches about not letting down the person next to you defensively. And that could come across in AFL or rugby union or, or whatever. He's a, an absolute star. For a 70-odd-year-old man, he has co- coached multiple generations and he's got the best out of all those men and uh, boys at different stages. So um, I think the game should tip, tip the cap to Wayne mm. Bennett, what he's about to do this weekend. Game 900 is, is uh, crazy. Um, it's such a huge achievement. Yeah, Cooper Cronk. I actually just thought of that during that interview. The, the one thing that Cooper Cronk hasn't done in the game, as far as I'm aware, is actually being coached by Wayne Bennett. Oh, that that praise is coming from someone who hasn't been under Wayne Bennett's tutelage. He certainly hasn't been at club level. State of origin missed him there as well. Uh, and for Australia too. So massive praise on Wayne Bennett from someone who hasn't been coached by him I guess he has been coached by Craig Bellamy who is obviously from the Wayne Bennett school or Wayne Bennett disciple but I did ask Cooper Cronk about 900 games the game the uh, NRL they do want to celebrate this they want to commemorate this what do they do what do they give Wayne Bennett can we help out Andrew Abdo and the team at Rugby League HQ We've had a few suggestions. We've had statues, which is probably, well, Wayne wouldn't want that. Wouldn't want a bar of it. In fact, Wayne wouldn't want a bar of any of this. But it has to be commemorated somehow. What would you give Wayne Bennett for his 900th? A man who, I'm not going to say has everything, but uh, he's the gift that keeps on giving. I can tell you that when it comes to headlines and comes to his teams. But what would you give Wayne Bennett? Uh, statues have already been mentioned at Lang Park. One's even been mentioned out at uh, Redcliffe, even though he's only been there for five minutes. Um... Was it? No, it wasn't Adam. It was Aaron from Coomera suggested uh, Wayne standing on two dolphins at the entrance of the Leagues Club, a statue, uh, a bit like a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, although another text came through a little earlier saying, uh, don't have to worry about a Wayne Bennett statue. There's millions of them around the streets of Brisbane already. They're called telephone poles. He's there. Oh, it's very just not very harsh. No. 13, 13, 55, um, Prizes, of course, to the best caller, texter of the day as we make our way through majestically on this Tuesday morning at quarter past 11. Oh, Cooper Cronk too. Fantastic stuff. He said not only about Wayne Better, but Magic Round and, and the Broncos, what they need to do to have a chance without Payne Haas because we saw what happened to the Broncos on the weekend without Payne Haas. And they're going to be missing him during origin period. If you've missed it, you can download the SEN app. It's where you'll find all our interviews, the podcasts of the show as well. SEN is the place to find it on your phone. Um, Just find that at Spotify, iTunes, wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Quarter past 11 on this Tuesday morning, back with calls, texts and around the grounds very shortly. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company this Tuesday morning. Uh, the one thing Wayne Bennett is, besides a superior coach, he is the master manipulator too. Or maybe you think he's a sore loser. Uh, the comments from him yesterday deflecting off his 900th then deflecting off his team with their slow starts and and just narrow losses as well it, it, it his comments about the bunker it, it just deflects off his team and off him 
fantastic. And it's old school Wayne Bennett. And we forever just continue to go down this path. I was going to ignore it, but there's actually some merit in what he's saying, I think. Technology and the bunker should be used more in NRL to get the decisions right. And it's something that didn't happen in the Dolphins and Raiders game over the weekend. Did it? 13-13-32-04-67-736-736. I'd like to let you know that Cooper Cronk agrees. It's all about getting the technology right. All right, let's hit the open line. Tom, good morning to you. Where do we find you this Tuesday morning? Good morning, mate, in sunny Brisbane. Outstanding. Now, Tom, Wayne Bennett, what are you getting for his 900th? I reckon I reckon he should be the first and one and only immortal coach. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a great but, idea. But if anyone wants to, to challenge and say, oh, we've opened up for everybody else, make the, the entry thing, you've got to have coach 900 games. <laughs> that, that, that's got to be the, the prerequisite. Yeah. And, and you know what? He's, yeah, done yeah. It, he's done it at every level. He's done it for his nation. Yeah. He's done it for his state. He's done it for multiple yep. clubs with multiple premierships. Yep, right back here in South in Brisbane. Yeah, with buddy Melman Ingram, Bell, Bell, uh, Belcher, Belcher, and all yeah. those boys. Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, what a ripper! Hey, Tom, that's a cracking idea. I love that. Wayne Bennett, immortal in the coaching ranks. That's that. That is money can't buy stuff. And that is a fitting honour in, in my mind and your mind too to someone who's given so much to the game and something you will never, ever see again. Tom, well done. What a bell ringer. Do, do, you, reckon, do you reckon Tommy's onto something? Wayne Bennett, immortal. The first coaching immortal. I mean, I know Mal's an immortal and he's coach, but it was more for his playing. Uh, same with Arthur Beetson. 131355 Uh Joel Gould from the Australian Associated Press is standing by. He's been a Broncos training. Joel, I'm just going to throw that one at you. Question without notice. What do you give a man for his 900th? Uh, Tommy, you may have just heard us just said, make him an immortal, our first and only immortal <coughs> coach. What do, what do you reckon, Joel? Well, it's a, it's a great idea. I guess... Um, but the Immortals obviously was brought in um, by Rugby League Week magazine uh, for, for players. But yeah. um, if there's anyone that's an immortal when it comes to, to coaching, it's certainly um, Wayne Bennett. And like the gentleman said, you know, it's not just the 900 that he's about to coach in the um, the New South Wales Rugby League and, and, the, and the ARL and NRL. It's also all the games that he coached um, prior to that in the Brisbane Rugby League where I'm, I'm, I'm not sure on the exact figures, but I know it's well over... Still over eleven hundred games that he's coached. If you add all those to it as well, so let's start. Let's know. start the campaign, Joel. You and I and Tom. We'll do it here. Wayne Bennett, immortal uh, for immortal immortality. Hey, mate, what Broncos training today? Um, we're just going around the grounds. What, what have you seen? Ezra Mam, Payne Huss uh, is back, uh, uh, or any other changes we can see in the wake of the the South's loss? Well, we're just watching training, and uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, Kobe Eddington. Uh, who's, who's come back from an injury lately and played extremely well. Yeah. He, he left training early. Uh, we saw him uh, limping, uh, and he went straight uh, up uh, and into the uh, Broncos headquarters in a way to be had a, to, to be looked at. So I'm not quite sure on the extent of the injury. I, I, it looked like it, it's either an ankle or a knee mm. um, problem, uh, just from the naked eye. It's one or the other. I couldn't uh, quite tell. But... Um, 
we'll just have to wait and see. I imagine if it's serious, he'd go in for scans. But uh, as, as I understand it, he was going to play. Uh, Martin Tapao certainly. So, yeah, you're right. Payne Haas comes straight in. Um, he'll start. Uh, Ezra Mann comes straight in. Uh, he'll start. And then it's just a matter of the bench, what that looks like. And uh, Martin Tapao did media today. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, I've been told he's definitely playing. So um, it'll either be uh, Palacia um, or... Hetherington will be out of the team, depending yeah. on that injury. I'd say if, if Kobe's right, I'd say it could be Keenan Palacia um, that misses out because he was a straight in for Payne Haas yeah. last week. So, uh, John, um, that's, that's the lay of the land. That's the lay of the land. And thank you for taking us around the grounds. I'm going to leave you with one, uh, one to, to chew on. Payne Haas. Can the Broncos win without Payne Haas? And they're going to be doing a stretch when it comes to state of origin. That That was my takeaway from... Friday night against South, that they just can't win without Payne Haas? Well, I think it makes it a lot more difficult without Payne Haas. I know last year they did beat South Sydney without Payne Haas, and I'd say this also, that South Sydney, to me, is a team that can certainly win the premiership. They're one of the leading teams in the competition. So I think Tom Burgess and Tavita Totola were the best two props on the field. Payne Haas had been there. I'm sure he would have been one of those. So I, I think they can win without him, but it, it just depends on who they're playing. Been a bit blessed with the draw, to be honest, Ben. I, I'm pretty sure for both, um, for, well, for at least two of those Origin games, they, they have the bye before Origin. So it's going to be a matter of Payne Haas backing up after he plays for New South Wales. Mm. And this guy is such a, an athlete that I don't think he'd have any problem if Kevin decides to play him. Um, he'd be able to back up. So Broncos may not miss him as, in as many games as they otherwise would have if the draw hadn't have been as kind. Joel, so, pre- appreciate <clears throat> Mate, we appreciate your time and we'll uh, catch uh, your take on it uh, through the Australian Associated Press, through the Newswires and uh, NRL.com as well. Joel Gould down at Red Hill. The reason why I suggest that Payne Haas is the key to the Broncos, um, yet he's leading the Dally M or he's right up there for, for a particular reason. Um, the Broncos, I know they were missing Ezra Mann, they were missing Corey Oates, but it wasn't their creativity that was missing. Uh, yes, it wasn't there, but they couldn't get out of their own half. That's what they really struggled to do against South Sydney. Now, Payne Haas would have been a massive reason behind that. A bloke who runs 200-plus metres a game takes the first hit up and normally the fourth hit up as well. He, he's the man that gets you out of your own half and then allows the playmakers to be creative. But if they're kicking from inside their own 40 or inside their own half, where's the creativity come from? That was my takeaway from Friday night against Souths. Love to hear yours. 13, 13, 55, I'm going to head out to Springfield very shortly under the side of this, but right now it is time for a news hit. It's just ticked past 11.31 this Tuesday morning. Uh, the reason why I'm laughing, I've just had a text come through saying, give Wayne a big giant wave ride all the way to the grand final. So what, like surfing a human wave. And the reason why I'm laughing, I, I think I think this texter is calling himself the big daddy of the rhythm from West End. I think. That's how I'm trying to decipher that text. Surely Wayne's not the big daddy of the rhythm, is he? A giant wave ride to the grand final. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Can you, can you top that one? 
Jeez, we've had some doozies this morning. All right, let's head out to Springfield where Josh McLean from 10 News First has been watching Lions training with interest. Uh, Josh, good morning to you. Any clearer who might be replacing Daniel Rich and Dane Zorko after training today? Yeah, good morning, Ben. Yeah, it's a sad loss to have them out for the next three weeks. But you'd have to imagine at this stage, Ryan Lester will keep his place in the side the way they train today. Dara Joyce is the man who made way for Ryan Lester. He's certainly in the frame. But Noah Answorth, of course, is a player who was the sub on the weekend. He came on when Dane Zorko was subbed off. Being a small to medium-sized defender, probably more in the mould of a Daniel Rich or a Dane Zorko. So you'd have to think maybe he might have stepped ahead of Dara Joyce being a, a big body in defence. Joyce, that is. Um, so Answorth certainly in the box seat to come back. Now, bear in mind Carlton scoring 150 points or more. I think it was 152 against the Eagles yeah. last weekend. Charlie Kerner kicked nine. So they're going to have to have the wits about them, the defence, particularly without their experienced guys there. Well, it's, I was speaking to Mitch Robinson about this last hour and we, we thought, we, we came to the conclusion that it might be Noah Answorth coming in for Rich and maybe an Archie or a Pryor for Zorko who could swing between the forward line and the back line, as uh, Dane can do. Did we see any sign of Archie or Pryor out there today, Josh? Well, look, they certainly trained and they look good on the track. And that's not a bad option, isn't it, having that utility-type yeah. role. And I know we know Chris Fagan likes to use his, his half-back sometimes down forward and swing them around a bit, keep the opposition mm. guessing. So it's not a bad shout, that one. Um, and I'm just thinking too, Dara Joyce, you're right, he's a big unit uh, for a defender. He can move, he's quite agile. Uh, and we know, as you pointed out, um, Carlton, they've got those big bodies down there. They haven't they got the, the twin towers. So maybe you do need a bit of size against them. Uh, how did everyone else pull up after the weekend? Josh, everyone else out on the training park? Yeah, really, a, a pretty much a healthy list other than those two, except for Jack Gunston. He continues to be monitored. Today, again, he was just managing some light jogging and some short kicking, um, whether it's just a case of old man syndrome, <laughs> I think it was called last week, um, but they're certainly keeping a very close eye on him. So Gunston is almost a week-to-week -week proposition with soreness at the moment, but we'll see how he pulls up later in the week. Yeah, yeah you need him, his goal-scoring ability against uh, against the Blues down there at Marvel Friday night. Josh, appreciate it, mate. We'll catch your news, uh, your story tonight on the news. Uh, Josh McLean from 10 News First, who's been out at Lions training this morning. Uh, Connolly Lemu Lemu is talking at the Dolphins right now. So once he has finished, we'll try and get an update from that part of the world. Uh, we're, we're hearing reports through that they may have a, a debutante this weekend against the Sharks when it comes to Magic Round. Uh, this one's from Paul. He says, G'day, Benny. Um, Paul here from Brisbane. How about the NRL give Wayne the win he was robbed of last weekend as a gift for his 900th game? Well, Wayne says they were robbed. The bunker and the technology involved. We, we know that the cameras pick things up. You at home can see it. The bunker surely can see it. So surely Wayne Bennett has a point, doesn't he? If everyone can see it, bar the referee on the field, who may have missed it because it's human error, can the bunker just give him a little whistle, a little cheerio, and say, Oi, Barry, uh, a couple of plays earlier. You, you just missed that knock on. We've seen it at a stoppage of play. Why don't you bring that in to knock out the howlers, but also just to knock out the errors, the human error. If the technology's there, surely we use it, right? Do you think the bunker should be more involved in the game? 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Or do you think two-stop start? See, there's ways around that. It doesn't have to be, does it?
Uh, coming up to 25 away from midday. Up next, flying the Queensland flag. A man who's been doing it. Well, he was a Iona schoolboy, but he's now travelling the world stage, representing his nation. And over the last week, has knocked off Great Britain and the Kiwis as well. Build the man a statue. How good is that? Exactly. Flying the Queensland flag. We'll find out who that is next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, 29 or 29, how about 19 away from midday. Um, started this hour with we're hearing reports out of Redcliffe that there may be a change on the cards coming to Magic Round. I want to touch base with my colleague from up at the mountain, Channel 7, Alyssa Smith, who's been out there at Dolphins Training. Uh, Alyssa, very good, Alyssa, very good morning to you. What have you seen at Dolphins Training? Are we, are we going to see a, a debut, a rugby league debut from a rugby union convert? Yes, it does look like that. Although we just spoke to Connolly and he was keeping tight lips about it. Branko Lee, uh, you would have seen him last weekend, uh, had a bit of a twinge to his hamstring. At the moment, he's got ice on that. Uh, we've got Safari. He looks like he is going to make his debut. The whole club was getting around him. Bennett was getting around him as well. When we spoke to Connolly, Connolly said, no, he just caught his first fish on the weekend. That's what we were celebrating. <laughs> so they're keeping tight lips. But when they were out on the field, he was playing in the centres. So I reckon you can pretty safely say you can expect to see him line up on the weekend. They 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 have big raps on this bloke. He has not played rugby league um, when he was signed initially by the Dolphins back in, when was that, 2021. So he spent all of last year learning rugby league. I mean, he's a centre in rugby union, uh, but learning rugby league. And they reckon he's, he, he's just caught, well, he's, caught on like a house on fire. It's been outstanding. They, they, they love his character too, Alyssa. Yeah, they definitely do. We were just speaking to Connolly uh, just a moment ago. He was doing a, the press conference for all of us journos and he was saying it's a bit of, you know, a bit of a, a bright spark in the group, I guess you could say. <laughs> Always has the boys in stitches. He's quite the comedian. <laughs> Brandon Smith-like is what we VZ could be. Yeah. It could be the the mini cheese. Could be the baby bell of, of the team. Although actually, one hundred eight kilos. He is a unit. Oh, maybe he's a big cheese then, <laughs> rather than the, <laughs> rather than the hectic cheese. Um, Lisa, we look forward to seeing the pictures of him and uh, your report tonight on Seven News at six. Alyssa Smith out at Redcliffe. So one hundred eighty-two centimetres. What's that? Six foot, one hundred and eight kilo in the centres. He's a wrecking ball with the sense of humour of Brandon Smith, and he's about to be unleashed on the NRL by the sounds of it. Valence Tavare. Yes, rugby union convert uh, brought over here on spec from the Dolphins. They like what they saw, and it seems like he could be taking Brenko's Lee's spot against the Sharks this weekend. Uh, coming up to quarter to midday, we're going to touch base with a man who's been represented his country, well, for more than 100 caps, and he's just taken down the Kiwis and the Great Britain team over the last week, flying the Queensland flag here on SENQ. <laughs> Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, 11 away from midday. We'll get to flying the Queensland flag in just a 
tick a text coming through. This one is from Brizzy As. I love that. Uh, I think Bennett has a point with the bunker usage, but he's got a short memory, it seems. He was pretty happy to live with it in 2009 when his Dragons won from the milkman Jamie Soward being lazy in defence and claiming obstruction by Greg Eastwood. There's some names from the past. After Jamal Idris scores the match winner. Struth, Brizzy has holding on to the past. NRL come out saying the call was wrong during the game, but Bennett claimed it was the right call. Glad to see him on the other side of it now, regardless of his greatness. Brizzy has, thank you for that text. Uh, before we get to our man flying the uh, Queensland flag, I just want to bring you into Magic Round and what it brings. Earlier in the show, we spoke to the Brisbane Economic Development Agency and how much money it pumps into our economy, how many visitors we're seeing, uh, 130,000 plus at Suncorp over the three days here. But it seems there is an international Hollywood star making not only a weekend of it, but a couple of weeks of it. I want to bring in Sam here, the man who pushes the buttons for me here in the studio, because before the show, I said, hey, boys, what did we see over the weekend that we jumped out at you that you liked? And Sam, what was your answer to that? Fat Boy Slim initially. Um, mm-hmm. And I was up at uh, Groove in the Moo on the sunny coast. And before that, though. Groove in the Moo. Yeah. It's a music festival up at Kiwana on the sunny coast. It was okay. a great, good day out. Uh, Fat Boy Slim finished it off. But um, Amy Shark was there as well, and okay. she had a um. The, there was a song that she sings that she sings with Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eight Two. Right. And she said, "Well, he's a legend, but he couldn't be here tonight. But we'll wait and see if we can get another legend out on the stage." So off she goes singing along. Russell Crowe comes out. Russell Crowe. Yeah. The actor. Yeah. Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Owner of South. Mm-hmm. On the when Sunday. Uh thirtieth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So his team's played up here on the Friday night. So he's still here on a Sunday mm-hmm. and they're playing again here, Magic Round. So Russell Crowe. A couple of weeks out of a little gig there. Were you entertained? I was entertained. It was good. I, can't, I would rather see him sing Lame Is. I reckon that would have been funny in the middle of a, in the middle of a rock concert. But <laughs> Russell Crowe's sightings, if you see them around the southeast, it sounds like he is here for the entirety of well, the Bunnies and Broncos from Friday night right through to Magic Round. So there we go. The benefits of Magic Round in this city just keep on giving if Sam, our man, is on the case. All right, press the button. I want your Russell Crowe sightings for today for the next, well, eight minutes we've got left and tomorrow as well. Russell Crowe sightings, 0467 736 736. All right, find out, uh, time to find out who is flying the Queensland flag for us interstate and internationally. It's a segment we do each week. And this man, well, he is a Brisbane boy, went to Iona College uh, for school, but cut his teeth at East's Hockey Club at Carina. And now... He's doing it on the international stage. That's right, for the Kookaburras. He has played more than 100 times for his nation and he's just come back from New Zealand where the Kookaburras have been taking on Great Britain and the Kiwis. And he's had wins over them both. I'm speaking of none other than Tim Howard. Timmy, very good morning to you. Good morning. How are you going? Very well. You're back in Brisbane now? Is that where we find you? Yeah, yeah, back in Brisbane, yeah. Yep. Flew in um, late last night, so it was a big couple of weeks in New Zealand, which was nice, um, but it's definitely good to be home for a little bit. Yeah, okay, because Brisbane isn't home at the moment, though, is it? Where, where, where's, the, where's the home base? 
No, it's not. No, uh, home at the moment's uh, over in Perth, so in WA. Um, it's where the the national program is. So um, we're over there, sort of um, eight to ten months a year, or probably more actually, if we're not travelling away overseas or or interstate. So um, yeah, that's where home is. But it's always good to come home to family and a few mates and things like that when I have a bit of a break. Oh, good stuff. We'll get into the pro series in just a, a moment where you've been in uh, in the land of the long white cloud. But the big question I've got to ask you, how do you fly the Queensland flag, whether you're in Perth or, or competing internationally for the kookaburras? Do you, do you take a slice of maroon with you wherever you go? <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say a slice of maroon everywhere I go. I mean, I'd love to, but um, oh, I mean, quite often I... Um, have some East merch, um, the hockey club in Karina there that, that I sort of travel around with, whether it's a shirt or whatever. Um, yeah, because quite often if I come home, I'll, I'll play a game for the club and um, give back and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's probably how I fly, fly the flag for home. That, that, that's getting quite down and to the point, isn't it? Taking your club merch. What, what, <laughs> what, what are the East colours? What, what do they look like? Uh, black and yellow, they are. Oh, jeez. Um, that's not very Queenslandish, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's, bit, it's actually a bit WA, probably, in the colour scheme thing. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. But you've got a few fellow Queenslanders, haven't you, uh, with you in the in the uh, national national squad? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's quite a few of us. Um, so over in, over in New Zealand, um, a fellow Eastern Suburbs Hockey Club member debuted. His name's uh, Joel Rintala. He um yeah he he debuted on the weekend and he was really good he actually scored seven goals in four games um so he was on fire the big fella um but yeah there's quite a few a lot of guys that are very experienced um Daniel Beal and Jake Wetton have over 200 games uh, another guy um Jaden Atkinson debuted in February so there's a few of us around which is nice it's always good to play with play with guys internationally that you've played you know a lot of times with um in the state or club system. Um, just just going on, Joel. I reckon I've met Joel. Is he? Is his other half? Is that is that, is that Shana Jack's partner? Correct. Yeah, yeah that's Shana oh, Jack's partner. Yeah, yep. There we I'm go. I'm sure you have met Joel. Yes. Yeah. He, the Queensland flag as well. Yeah. Good man. Good man. So um, and and so he made his debut just to, just over the weekend. Yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he made his debut uh, the Sunday before Anzac Day oh, um, against man. Great Britain. Yep. Yeah, so he's going well. All right, well, let's talk through the um, uh, FIH uh, Pro Series uh, over over in New Zealand. So it was um, Australia, the Kiwis, Great Britain, um, and, and you had some good results along the way, didn't you? And you had a young team just to, just on Joel's debut. He, he was there was a it was a, a younger look team for the Kookaburras, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has been. Yeah, we have a couple of guys um, injured and and uh, not available for selection, and there's also some guys playing in the club system over in Holland um, at the moment. So, yeah, it's certainly a young team. I mean, there's probably 10 or so guys that have played under about 20 games. Um, and, yeah, credit to Great Britain and New Zealand. They're great sides. But, um, yeah, it was certainly good for us to have some good results. Um, and I think particularly on Anzac Day, you know, there's so much feeling about, yeah. um, you know, what we're able to do day to day because of what um, people have sacrificed in the past. So, um, yeah, it was certainly fantastic to, to get a win on Anzac Day. Outstanding. Was that against the Black Sticks? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we played Great Britain nice. um, on the, yeah, two days before and then uh, New Zealand on Anzac Day and then we just played a doubleheader over the weekend, um, Great Britain on Saturday and New Zealand on Sunday. 
All right. Well, what, what, what's what's coming up in the future? I mean, we know that the um, the Pro League heads to to Europe, and that's probably your next stop. And then Paris uh, Olympics would be on the radar as well. Any any other major meets in between those two? Uh, certainly. Uh, well, we firstly we have to qualify for Paris. So yeah, we go to Europe as you said in June. Um, we play Ireland, uh, Holland, Belgium, in France, which will be awesome. So we get to go and see the. Paris facility a year out Um, so that'll be fantastic to see how that's moving along and then uh, yeah in August we play a three game series against New Zealand uh, to qualify for Paris so yeah those those games are certainly big ones coming up on the radar and then of course next year um, we've got two sort of pro league tournaments where we play eight games in each play and then of course Paris in um, in July August um, next year which is fantastic. Tim Howard, my guest this morning as we are closing on midday. So just on that qualifying against the Kiwis, is it us or them or is it just banking up the wins or or points to qualify for uh, Paris? Yeah, it's us or them essentially. So, um, no, it's super important to to play those games and go really well uh, because the loser sort of finds himself in a tournament that, um, you know, anything can happen. So there's two eight-team tournaments for any teams that don't qualify and three teams from each of those tournaments will qualify for the Olympics. But, um, yeah, as it is with hockey at the moment, you know, all the top teams are really close. The teams that aren't top teams, you know, 7 to 12 ranked, they're also um, really quality sides. So, yeah, it's really important to um, to go well Oceania Cup. Otherwise, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tough way to get into the Olympics. A tough way indeed. Timmy, thank you for flying the Queensland flag. Thank you for being part of SENQ this morning. And I'll uh, I'll make sure that we touch base ahead of that qualifying series against uh, the Kiwis and uh, track the path to Paris come 2024. Tim Howard from the Kookaburras. That is it for today. Thank you for being part of the journey. We're going to jump straight back into it head first, headgear on from 9 o'clock tomorrow. Until then, good luck. Good hunting.